Hello, this is Let's Finally Watch It, a movie podcast where we watch iconic movies that most of you all saw, but we somehow missed. I'm Lauren Blair Donovan. And I'm Clark Knez. And today we are watching Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yes. Have you, you've seen it, right? A lot. Okay, okay. I'm the one that hasn't seen it. Yeah, yeah. This one's a, a major... I mean, this was a constant uh, movie that I, I watched just... Uh, yeah constantly as a child right yeah i feel like my parents didn't like Pee Wee herman so like something about him rubbed at least my mom the wrong way i can't speak for my dad so i was buffered actively from Pee Wee herman if that makes sense um i don't want to say anything about your parents but it's it's very queer coded so i know i've i've met a lot of people whose parents were like that and Mm. it was mostly because it was like it's very queer I don't remember them. Maybe. I mean, we lived in a gay town, though, where they had gay friends. So I don't know if it was... I don't know. They're dead, so I can't ask them. But, Mm -hmm. like, I think they... At least my mom sometimes just had, like... Kind of like how she didn't like The Wizard of Oz, another movie that we've seen for the podcast. Mm -hmm. Sometimes she would just get tunnel vision, where if she... Grimaldi. Sorry, we just got here. My dog is very, very loud right now. Um, Very happy to see our Uncle Clarky. But if, like... Like, she didn't even think... She hated Steve Carell because she hated Michael Scott so much because he was just a creepy guy and couldn't appreciate the humor of Michael Scott. So sometimes she would just kind of get in her own way. And if anything rubbed her the wrong way or was someone that she wouldn't have wanted to be friends with in real life or something, like, I'm assuming it's a pretty eccentric character. That's kind of the too-long-didn't-read I've gotten from culture. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what year we're talking about, because I'm guessing it was probably after the scandal, Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens. Wasn't that, was that in the 90s? Um, Yeah, but that was in the 90s. Mm -hmm. I I forgot, it was like 93, 94, Mm -hmm. I think. It definitely put a damper on all that, but there was also like a backlash before, like, like what I was saying. Mm. I didn't know it was queer coded. I had no idea oh, that that is. I, mean, I don't know a lot about Pee Wee Herman, weirdly yeah. enough. Like I I'm know, sure. I know what I know, but it's not a lot. <laughs> right. Um. I mean, I think for us, it was very like Californian. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you watch it, it's camp. I mean, it's yeah. basically John Waters, mm-hmm. but it's a watered down John Waters. Right. So, um, uh, from uh, from my experience, like the 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 friends that I had that were like. Oh, my mom wouldn't let... It usually was mm. like... They're usually religious or they mm-hmm. were like, Oh, this is... You know... Mm. Pee Wee Herman's obviously very effeminate and mm-hmm. it just didn't jive with uh, mm. a lot of parents, I think, uh, at the time. Uh, Big Adventure, I think, is amazing. Pee Wee's Big Top sucks, but... Pee Wee's Playhouse, uh, which was running on CB, uh, CBS in the late 80s, early 90s, I, that was like my favorite saturday morning cartoon and i think that was a lot of people's entrance into it and Mm -hmm. he's a cultural icon and he came out obviously out of uh groundlings Mm -hmm. because even this movie it's co-written by 
It's Paul Rubens and uh, Phil Hartman. I was going to ask if Phil Hartman had his, because I knew he was mm-hmm. involved in that universe, but I wasn't sure where it started, where it ended type thing. So Yeah, because he actually plays on Pee-wee's Playhouse. He plays Captain Carl. You've mentioned that, yes. Yeah, So and Lawrence Fishburne, who we saw in The Matrix, was... Ooh, we're going to have a double, we're going to have a Oh, he's second. not in... Oh, he's not. Okay. He's not in, <laughs> in this movie, but he's on. He was, he was on Pee-wee's Playhouse. Okay. Uh, which was the TV show. Gotcha. And uh, he played Cowboy Curtis on that, and he was great. I used to, yeah, I used to get a kick out of that. And I think it's really funny. I think there's really subtle jokes. Mm-hmm. This was playing at Senespia, and I was almost going to say that, hey, we could go watch this at Senespia. But I don't think it's... <sighs> Hard for a first watch in public. Yeah. Where is it? Is it playing at Hollywood Forever or yes. one of the other places? Senespia, uh... yeah. Oh, because they, they do Sinaspi in other places, Yeah, too. it was on that list that you sent me. It was? I missed uh-huh. it somehow. Huh. Yeah. And that one is always, like, a good watch. But, yeah, there's a lot of, like, subtle jokes. So, as I was saying, yeah, not great to watch mm-hmm. for the first time in a group setting like that. Uh, especially people are probably going to be reciting the lines. Right. Like it, I've gotten to it before, and it's pretty hardcore. Usually Paul Rubens does show up. Oh, wow. Um, which is always fun to see him. And he's always very funny. I'm like really sad that like that scandal came out. He didn't harm anyone. He was harming himself. And I, I or that's what the Christians would <laughs> self-harm. say. Self-harm. Yeah. Self or what's self-love. But there's like another expression. What I don't understand about those theaters is what do they think people are doing in there? Like it, it's it's kind of entrapment. Like, no, it's literally entrapment. Like, yeah. and I'm not saying I'm pro masturbating or not masturbating in the theater. I'm not making a moral rule, ruling. I'm just saying those theaters are for pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. Pre-internet. So. You know what I mean? Pre, even back in the day, pre-DVDs, VHSs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just silly to me to isn't the theater just as guilty for supplying it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, It's like, I don't know, the semantics of it don't make sense, I well, think is it, what I'm trying to say. Well, I mean, it was really like, I don't think, A, I don't think it was random. I think he was targeted. I think so too. And I, and I again, think that he was, uh, like, he was especially targeted because of mm-hmm. the queer coding and stuff, especially mm-hmm. on the, the TV show uh, or the Wee's Playhouse. It was very... Like, you know, you had Cher on there. You mm. had, like, the Del Rubio triplets. Like, all these, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, we tried Grace to look for Jones. them in um, Holy Cross Cemetery on the episode of Creepy and Kooky. Oh, One of yeah. the ones that you were on with me. We were, you mm-hmm. were talking about the Del Rubio triplets. Yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, and they used, to, they used to go on there. Like, Frankie and Annette, they would have on mm-hmm. there. And it was obviously, like, very, like, throwback, like, camp and... Uh, so I, th- I, yeah, I think it was a hit job. I think it was a hit job. They're trying to, f- they're probably tailing him and trying to find any, anything that they could get to get him off the air. Mm-hmm. And it worked. And sadly, it did work. But I, I think it was a, I think it was such a fun show, and it was really cool to see like, yeah, different aspects of, like showing kids like, oh hey, there is like a cool sub, there are cool subcultures. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's like punk or. Yeah. And also, I think that this is a very like Burbank. I think you said that when we were watching um, uh, Edward Scissorhands. Mm -hmm. I think maybe not even on pod, but I think you mentioned like other Burbank things in passing to me at one point. I think Tim Burton in general is very like Burbank y to me. So, yeah. 
It so, makes sense. The imagery I have of what I think we're in for matches Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Pastels, kind of. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it, it definitely is. Yeah. And it's weird because uh, that's what I love about Tim Burton. He has like two different, completely different mm-hmm. modes. It's like pastel pinks or just drop black and yeah <laughs> uh that's literally me <laughs> no but i think uh i think that's such an interesting juxtaposition but that's very like the, again very californian yeah like that's what california is mm-hmm. to me so i um were there any times where you almost saw it or yeah actually one of my friends from new hope where i'm from she lives in philly now um we're gonna watch it like one of those like zoom movie dates in the pandemic we talked about it but we just never did it i don't Mm -hmm. remember why um i think it just other things took precedence but she's never seen it either so we were like oh we should we're We're both kind of like comedy nerds and it's like a pretty egregious gap you know, sure, in, in yeah. what we've uh, seen otherwise. So we were like, oh, we should watch that. And then. Yeah. I mean, it came out in 1987, so I get it. Mm-hmm. It's not. It wasn't like super current mm-hmm. when you would have been watching movies yeah. or whatever. But um, I mean, yeah, but we've, we've seen other old stuff, too. So it's you know how it yeah. is. It's hit or miss with those older ones that were a little ahead of your time. Um, well, should we finally watch it? Yeah, let's finally watch it. <laughs> <All right>. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. We are back, and I have seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and Clark has rewatched Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I sure have, yeah. I liked it. I didn't love it, but I did... I, I think there's more that I can appreciate about it than to complain about, you know? Sure, yeah. Um, And I wonder if upon a rewatch or seeing other parts of the franchise, if I would be a little more acclimated and maybe have like a more of an inside joke kind of mentality and go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, question. So this was before he had the TV series. Yes. This was the first like main, main mainstream debut. Mm-hmm. Yes. Interesting. Well, <clears throat> so before this, it would have been, there was a, uh, a stage show mm-hmm. that was filmed at, uh, at groundlings and that was on HBO, and that was probably like a few months before, mm-hmm. or a, a few years before, mm-hmm. like maybe a couple of years before. Because it was weird, because my parents had that recorded. Oh wow! And so I think must it it must have been not that long before, and yeah. So this is before the the TV show, the kids' TV show, and everything. So the introduction of it, but I think a lot of people my age were watching the tv show a lot mm-hmm. you know they, it was on it was on saturday morning it was uh, yeah saturday i was more cartoon. aware of the television show than the fact that there was movies i think yeah. that was later in life that i put two and two together that there was like multiple projects because mm-hmm. i thought we were going to see like the chair oh yeah so that's the tv show okay yeah 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 gotcha i, I had a it's, very different set in mind of what i thought we were walking into and it's pretty divorced from this movie interesting yeah, they're, they're, it's the same character obviously sure. but i really liked uh peewee's big house uh peewee's playhouse uh, which is what the show was called and the show 
yeah it was just very fun it was very fun to there's a bunch of like quirky animals obviously there has to mm-hmm. be because the world that they created with this movie obviously yeah. they had to yeah i don't like peewee's big top big or big top peewee that's it a is, movie yeah and that's the sequel to this has nothing to do with this movie even mm-hmm. and there's a lot of eggs in it and i don't like it so yeah how long uh th- when did that movie come out i would say in the 90s okay. so like a, f- a while after this mm-hmm. but it, it just i need i need i need to rewatch it but it was the first time i was ever disappointed by a mm. sequel also ghostbusters 2 ghostbusters 2 is fine Mm -hmm. but i remember as a kid i was like oh yeah this isn't as good Mm -hmm. compared to a lot of uh other sequel there were so many other movies at the time where i liked the sequel though Mm -hmm. which you know being um like back to the future 2 and you know there's so many good sequels uh growing up but yeah those were not them (laughs) yeah sequels are hit or miss i feel like they often get a bad rap because some are cash grabs, obviously, but some are really good, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So it kind of depends. Yeah. Like, and, you know, Terminator 2 and Alien, Aliens, mm-hmm. uh, Superman 2, I think is really good. Yeah. There's, there's a lot. And uh, I think, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I need to rewatch that. I do need to rewatch. Big, maybe I might like it, but uh, I didn't like it at the time. Yeah, yeah. What did you? So, were some of the? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I liked it. Um, it wasn't laugh out loud funny in more places than not for me. Just because, I mean, some of it was brilliant, but I think it was just he was just annoying enough, and I understand that that's the character. Mm -hmm. But it just started to kind of, even in the first ten minutes, I'm like, oh boy, this is yeah. That's just not my sense of humor. But that doesn't mean that I hated it at all i mean it's definitely a groundlings movie because groundlings is all about its character but more specifically point of view Mm -hmm. like having gone to the groundlings it changed the way i act it changed the way i write and i could see that dna like everywhere and i did appreciate even though (laughs) the first 10 minutes are all gags yeah and it got it's, a little old, but I also appreciate visual gags, and mm-hmm. I like how that was laced in throughout the movie. So even though I kind of was like, okay, this is getting to be a bit much, I don't know. I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth because it's one of the things I actually did appreciate about the entirety of the movie. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, physical humor in it, mm-hmm. physical gags. I mean, obviously, that's probably what I liked as a kid. Yeah, and as I grew up, like I started noticing more and more like details where Mm -hmm. i i could appreciate like certain jokes a little bit more because i i was yeah had the wherewithal to realize that those were jokes but yeah those those visual gags they're they're so weird that's why i was saying like this movie is very like california Mm -hmm. weird yeah and especially like the 80s like i think that it really does kind of capture the 80s like it was just kind of like oh yeah yeah well his whole house all the contraptments that do all the work for him like at one point i turned to him like my god there are so many Mm -hmm. gadgets but it was such 80s style gadgets Mm -hmm. it wasn't futuristic it wasn't 50s it was just very like the coloring the of like the tubes with like the hamster stuff like all of it was just an 80s 
regurgitated in a house (laughs) kind of felt that way but like yeah it's funny there's two things that this movie somewhat reminds me of um one is actually a sequel well i mean it's the whole franchise but airplane 2 the sequel Mm -hmm. yeah that's a sequel that i actually like more than the original and i like airplane fine i just think the ridiculousness of airplane 2 is revved up to an 11 in a way i super appreciate so there's some of it but it's funny because we were talking about tim burton and edward scissorhands in the preview review but I'm going to make a case that there's actually a lot of DNA also with Cheech and Chong. I've yes. been smoking this. Yeah, there's a it lot. It reminded yeah. me, besides some of the visuals or aesthetics, it reminded me way more of that movie, especially mm-hmm. since also in Cheech and Chong, the first 10 to 20 minutes, it's just gags. Gags, yeah. You know, and so um, maybe if I was stoned, I would have liked this movie mm-hmm. even more, maybe. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And maybe that is uh, why I'm like a little lukewarm on it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but... yeah. I do appreciate, though, that it, I think it aged fine. Because mm-hmm. yeah. there's really nothing of its time besides, like, the fact that it's so clearly an 80s movie, like we just said. Like, mm-hmm. it just stays in its lane. It's just Pee-wee's point of view. Yeah, He likes his bike more than anything in the world. He yeah. has to find his bike. He's singularly minded. If, you know, if this is true, what else is true with this character's perspective? And that tends to age fine because it's not like a hot take. Right. I know it's not. Yeah. It's, it's somebody, it's a travel movie. I, I personally really like travel Mm -hmm. movies and any movie where you could just see as many locations as Mm -hmm. you can. Like, I love it. Well, it's why the vacation movies franchises, I think kind of work. Yeah. I, I, I get exactly what you mean. It's like him just existing in the world. If this is true, what else is true? with this character and you also kind of see him grow a little bit mm-hmm. a, a very he, yeah like yeah. willing to kind of sort of compromise but kind of sort of not yeah it, yeah i get it um because because actually rewatching it i was like oh napoleon dynamite yeah mm. I, this has a lot of relation with napoleon dynamite in my opinion um, yeah, I, I can see how that would be inspired by because you did turn to me and ask like are they kids or mm-hmm. what's going on and i'm like they're just <laughs> it's just characters yeah. yeah they're groundlings characters you know yeah. especially which uh, i was just saying before uh we started recording i just don't have the energy for mm-hmm. i just do not have the energy to do mm-hmm. it um yeah because i was like wait are these adults playing kids or are they just childish adults i think that's what i was trying to i'm not mad at either but yeah i was like not still not totally clear but yeah it's it works though i mean right well i think it it is also kind of just this absurd world and especially they're kind of showing like a counterculture Mm -hmm. you know the camp yeah i mean this is camp 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 oh yeah and uh I, and and for me, this was actually my introduction to camp. Oh, cool. Um, I mean, you know, I probably watched this when I was three or four. Like, That's so cool. I don't think I... I'm trying to think of what I would have even seen that would have been camp. I don't know if I saw anything as a young yeah. person. I think But I'm a Cheerleader is one of the first campier, which is a spoof of camp yeah. movies that I saw as like maybe a late teen or yeah 20 i mean there's got to be something before that but god now i'm gonna want to think about that it's like hmm what is mm-hmm. my history <laughs> right because i do like camp a lot yeah that's why i think 
for for me it was like my formative yeah mm. camp yeah of uh, you know the just the concept of sometimes you know, and and then afterwards like i started watching things that were you know definitively more camp going back and watching like batman mm-hmm. i i think for me i think batman the original series would have been oh part it's of so campy the camp yeah. for me which is hilarious because tim burton directed batman but it is it's it is campy but in a very dark way mm-hmm. i guess it is still camp though but yeah mm-hmm. this really got my like with my sensibilities as a kid because of all the stuff that i used to watch gilligan's island to mm-hmm. i dream a genie like all those things were I always guess, so yeah it was like a far off era but it was like ah, oh, there's some interesting thing ab- about this you know when i was a kid yeah and i don't think i consciously was like oh this is camp or whatever but no that makes sense though you're right because i grew i did grow up watching old television shows like gilligan's island and i dream of genie and i think there's just a way that television i don't think it meant to be campy but like because Mm -hmm. it's of a different era and we tell stories differently it was kind of like uh presentational and very like theatrical on television and almost like uncanny valley of like humans (laughs) to an extent or human problems mm-hmm. so that's that's an interesting thought i never thought of it that way but yeah so i think that's why particularly for me like it did speak to me i could see how this would be something that you would have to see as a kid though i do under uh you know because even francis you know i i get there's like a lot of things that could be annoying and but man some of the jokes are just so fucking funny like i the the funniest one for me is when he's at the payphone mm-hmm. and there are you I'm in Texas. What? No, you're not. Yep. Yeah. Oh my god. The the uh, stars are bright late at night. Deep, deep in, in the, the heart. heart of Everybody Texas. stops and says, "Deep in the heart yeah. of Texas." I don't know. It's just so funny to me. And um, that was genuinely the funniest proof of where I am. Yeah. Joke I've I've seen for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was and I think good that's like kind of a meme now like say you're somewhere without saying you're somewhere yeah (laughs) um and yeah and and also i do like that they put a a fortune teller on there yeah that it's it's a scam i think as a kid i remember being like oh okay and i think ever since then that's why i've always been so negative towards psychics but well yeah i i thought it was tickle like i was tickled by the fact that he went all the way to texas because a Mm -hmm. psychic fortune teller told him to and it's just like man people who believe in new age need to really watch this movie (laughs) yeah because there's just so much i mean there's like famously i think sylvia brown um i forget which kidnapped victim forgive me but one of the famous women that were kidnapped as a young person uh she was on montel Williams mm-hmm. and I was gonna say Montel Jordan I'm like nope that's a 90s uh, R&B guy but this um yep <laughs> um but Montel Williams and because he'd had Sylvia Brown Wednesdays and she told the mother of one of the children that like no she's gone it's fine though she's gone she just wants to be happy and then the girl was found alive yeah. and it's like I don't know. Maybe some people have some abilities, but they probably don't charge money for it. Right. Like that's kind of my, you mm-hmm. know, like, cause I never want to discredit someone if they say, 
I sometimes predict things or I get funny feelings. Like, I don't, I'm not in charge of their life. I'm not going to tell them that their experiences are wrong. But people, I'm skeptical, but, you know, people take it too far. All the time. Yeah. Delusions of grandeur is a real thing. Yeah. I, yeah, I've always been kind of negative towards uh, astrology. I feel bad because, like, it is so prevalent especially in la oh my god i mean nowadays i think more places but that was one of the only culture shocks i had when i moved out here was how seriously people take astrology yeah and it is like the it literally is all wrong because the earth spins like a top Mm -hmm. preach preach well yeah so every It it does a swirl every eleven thousand years. That's called precession, precession of the Earth spinning. So the way that they do it is like they have the twelve zodiac signs, but that's when the sun is in those signs. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, now that it's, it's tilted, so all the dates are completely different. Mm-hmm. There's an extra one, mm-hmm. and so because I'm a Cancer, but technically I would be a Gemini. Mm-hmm. because that's when the sun that's where the sun is because all these charts were made thousands of years ago exactly. so a lot of it is uh yeah it's a lot of it's just, outdated too yeah. we know different things about different right uh, all of it it's just yeah no you explained that perfectly yeah but Drives yeah me nuts. it's amazing how many atheists there are out there who and it and it's a if you like it, that's fine. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm not going to sign a contract because the... It's Mercury and retrograde. Richer, yeah. Which drives me bananas, too, because that's just an illusion. It's not even a real gravitational yeah, force. it's not. No, but you're right. There are a lot of atheists that believe in crystals or astrology. Yeah. That also was my double shock being out here because, mm-hmm. like, Denver is very secular. Like, we even have a secular hub where you can hang out with people who are not religious. Mm-hmm. We're one of two in the country, at least when I lived there, that had that. And, like, I'm always telling my friends from Denver, like, it's, like, not just a lot of religious people out here in general more than I would uh, – because everyone talks about how sinful and holly weird and all the stuff that L.A. is – but no, really, people move here from everywhere with all kinds of different worldviews. So it's more religious in general with every religion being represented. Not totally used to that. But then the spiritual aspect of it. But then the spiritual aspect of people who really do like science and don't believe in a God. Mm-hmm. And yet they worship angel numbers and oh crystals. And I'm like, yeah. make it make sense. It's strange to me. Uh Because it really is kind of this, you know, anti-organized religion, which I get. Yeah, on board. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. But it is so weird because it's like they're picking up things that are just on the internet. Like, it's not even... Yeah. uh, So, I don't don't know which is worse, to be honest. Yeah. and a lot of it's hard to disprove because there isn't controlled variables. And I think that's where the slippery slope yeah. kind of gets in people's ways a lot of the time. And there's, the thing is, uh, a healthy, you know, relationship with the stars is fine. Yeah. Like, if you want to know, like, right now, Beetle, Beetlejuice, speaking of Tim Burton, Beetle, Beetlejuice, 
is going to be going supernova within decades now. They thought it was going to be centuries, but now it might mm. be in a few decades. And it's going to be bright as heck. Mm. It's going to be massive in our skies. And like, hey, cool. Like, look at stuff like that. But I know that when that happens, people are going to be like, oh, my God, this is a sign that I need to do this. And it's like, no, you're you just you're putting a human view yes. on the natural world. Yeah. When it, that's so self-centered to me. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the stars because of what they are and, you know, the beauty that they have and stuff. I don't think about how those stars affect me on Earth. No, it just seems so ridiculous. And I understand we don't know everything about everything. Like, I'm an atheist. I'm a little agnostic about energy and consciousness and like all that stuff but that doesn't mean that i think anybody has the answers and that's where it gets kind of slippery right but it's like to your point that's how we had heaven's gate with hail pop con comment that was a bunch of humans being humans trying to make sense of something way bigger than us and it ended in a mass suicide like that's the extreme obviously but a lot there's a lot of gaslighting with the spiritual community too i mean we're going on a tangent but i mean there's a lot of ways it's very problematic i want to say believe what you want but it does hurt other people mm-hmm. even the innocuous silly stuff like this like I yeah because it preys on people who are struggling right like peewee going into because he's trying to find his bike because the cops won't help him and even his friends are a little apathetic just get a new bike and da, 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 da. it's like mm-hmm. You have nowhere to turn. You turn to religion or spirituality, and there's a lot of quacks in both camps. Yeah, and, you know, it's purely luck that brought him there, but luck doesn't satisfy the human spirit for the most part, which mm-hmm. sucks, which, you know, just, it's not fate. It's just things just kind of happen sometimes. Yeah, I, I guess I had never thought about that that much from this movie, but, yeah, it shows you. Yeah, it's a weirdly deep, layer and i just like that because mm-hmm. i wasn't here i wasn't in la in the 80s so like i i kind of appreciate that they slipped that in there is i guess there's always been all these like la psychics yeah. out here and stuff and it's thought it was true. a scam <laughs> i mean scientology too, yep, you know? yep. it's a fun detail and i love when they're all laughing at him because he asked about the basement. Mm-hmm. Why are they all? Like, why are they all laughing? <laughs> I mean, at they him? take a photo. <laughs> and the kid took a picture of him. Like they were laughing so hard at the. Like what? Yeah. I don't know. It, it's such a ridiculous. Yeah, of all things to laugh at him throughout the entire movie, that was like. Oh the part. yeah, that's probably the least. <laughs> yeah, least of their concerns. Yeah. One of the parts I didn't laugh out loud at this. I just really liked the visual when uh, he and the waitress Simone was it uh, were in the T Rex head and the sun was rising mm-hmm. and they had like the like from the back they showed them looking through the teeth and it was all orange from the outside, but then the the T-Rex was orange. I was like, that's Mm -hmm. just such a funny, I know it wasn't romantic per se, but like kind of like a nod to those like romantic watching the sunrise and he's gay, right? Or asexual or something like, yeah. yeah. And then she had a boyfriend anyway. And then like, they're in a (laughs) T-Rex, which is just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful sunrise. Like, yeah like little moments like that i was like that's weirdly well done i just really appreciate this but also the parts that he was hearing Mm -hmm. were so funny and i didn't get it as a kid 
Simone, let's talk about your big butt mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like these double entendres. Everybody has stuff. a big butt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody knows. Let's talk about your big butt. It's like okay, I get where that gigantic man. We mm-hmm. looked it up in seven eight eight. That's how tall he was. Yeah, That's insanity. Ins- like, because I turned to to Clark and I'm like, how tall is Paul Rubens? And I looked it up and he was 5'10". And I was like, because I was wondering, is this just like, is he a short man? And did they happen to cast a very tall man? There's, I know all the movie tricks. I work in this town. But then it was like, like, there's no way that man is as tall as he seems. But I'm like, all the extras and side characters are kind of the same height as Paul Rubin. So looked it up. 7'8". That's uncomfortable. Like, you can't fly on a plane. You probably can't fit into a lot of cars comfortably. It's it it seems like you would have to take the bus everywhere. It's more human than human. Like yeah, it's yeah. just wild. And and he died young. He died like at fifty two or something. Yeah. So that usually happens. Yeah, the taller generally the taller mm-hmm. you are, the worse it is for your yeah. heart and circulation and other types of things like that. But yeah, so wild and like I did not. I was expecting like pushing seven foot. Yeah. I think the part where I really saw it was when he was crouching down to buy the ticket and then mm-hmm. he stood up uh-huh. and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I think that's when we both like kind of yeah. did a little bit of a jump scare, like kind of not jump scare, but you know, we were just like, yeah. oh, clutching our pearls. Like, that's a tall man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, and he's big too. And it was like perfect casting because it's like, yeah. he looks like a lumberjack. He looks like yeah. Paul Bunyan. Yeah. And especially like uh, one of Pee Wee's foils. Oh yeah, which is he he got out of it somehow. Yeah, which is fun. I have to say though, I really did like the acting a lot. Like mm-hmm. it was for as absurd as, and we've talked about this a lot in past episodes. But for as absurd as this was, everyone played a very grounded performance. Yeah, I don't think there was like a weak link. I, I wouldn't want to recast anyone. It was. Can you imagine if I was like, no, Michael Keaton should have played. Pee Wee Herman or something. That would have been insane. But like, I, I really, everybody was as grounded and committed, kind of like we were talking about the parent trap where Mm -hmm. the butler was cringe, but he leaned into the cringe because that's probably what the role was or how it was directed and he owned it. So it worked. Mm -hmm. And this entire movie was a, a sea of characters just like that were in the wrong hands. It could have been a little, a little something. Yeah, one of, <laughs> I mean, down to very small bits. So there's a guy uh, in it. His name is Amazing Larry, and he has that mm-hmm. rainbow mohawk. He's in it for just a second, but he makes such an impact in that. <laughs> so for me, when I was growing up, because what's his backstory? His name is Amazing Larry. He's an older man. He he has a rainbow mohawk. Like yeah, wh- like there's just so many interesting. Like yeah, everybody in it is always like just so interesting because they're and, plugged in. They're they're in mm-hmm. the world. They're not phoning it in. Yeah, and I think I think honestly those are probably like jokes that they had from oh yeah, groundling uh, sketches that they did, and you know they. Even the neighbor, when he was like, I'm going to water my lawn now. And then he closes the window and he stays to watch and smiles at the the water going up on the window. I'm like, that was pretty funny. And this is, sorry, going back to a funny moment. But like the the part that I think tickled me the most was 
when he his bike was first stolen and suddenly the sidewalk was full of everyone on bikes. And yes. there was like a mine. <laughs> there was like not just like a, a bike bicycle for two, but it was like four or five. Yeah. There was a little toy bike that went by. There mm-hmm. was just like I'm like, wow, this is the best yeah. example of yeah, this is true. What else is true? A penny or, farthing. Yeah. Because that always happens. I tell you what. Yeah. I got, I've gotten my bike, I've gotten like at least three or four bikes stolen. Oh, No wow. joke. A lot of bikes. Yeah. And every time I get it stolen, I'm wasting, I'm like, you bastard. My bike and... I think it's like that even if for other things too, though. Like if you go through a breakup, suddenly yeah. everyone's in love on the street holding hands or things of that nature. It's just kind of, yeah, that was, and over a bike, it's just very... The way they did it, very funny. Yeah. Very funny. I'm not saying it's not sad, but just very right. funny. But it kind of... It, it It is interesting because it does show you that... Sometimes it's things like that that get you out of your usual experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's... It, yeah. It's, don't let it become a tragedy to where you like travel around and mm-hmm. look at things like that. Uh, maybe you should just do it you know yeah don't wait for a tragedy cool. to do that yeah, yeah. well because then he also got a movie out of it <laughs> yeah which, which was so funny the oh way it was I, not only with the way it was cast because everyone is like oh brad pitt could play me and like yeah. you know uh farrah fawcett and just it, all the you know whoever the creme de la creme of any generation may or may not be in terms of looks wise specifically but then also uh just how ridiculous the plot was and because like that's also hollywood for you where it's like hey i just want to do an earnest tale about a boy that lost his bike and it's like we're gonna take it to this crazy level because hollywood execs think they know what the audiences want and i thought that was a funny just inside hollywood joke that they did i thought that was brilliant actually yes that is very, uh, yeah, because they got James Brolin and Morgan That's Fairchild. That's who that was. I was spacing on their names. Thank you. Yeah. I, I was like, I know I know these people. Which but. they were pretty big, uh, very big actors at that time. Yeah, so, they were kind yeah. of at their peak, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. So it, it And it's like, that is so true. And uh, there's a show that I watch called Barry. And mm-hmm. there's something similar that they did with that, where oh. they had the story. And it's like, nope, it's completely different and i yeah i kind of love that meta element yeah because usually it's very exhausting to me when i'm watching a piece of media like a guilty pleasure of mine is one tree hill and then you have a character on the show write a book which sounds cool he wrote it about the entire plot that we just saw the four years before and then not only is it a successful book it eventually turns into like a movie or a tv show or something and same thing with like gilmore girls when the revival series there's a little bit of that i won't spoil it entirely but like it just gets so tedious when people have no imagination and it's like, you know, oh, we're going to write the story of our life. Da, 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 da. And this was like, oh, this could have gone that way. But this is so much better. This yeah. is this is how you do that. If you're if you're going to pull that plot point. <laughs> yeah. And they also I, I love that whole scene mm-hmm. at the end, just because you get to see all the characters that he interacted yeah, with. Yeah, that was kind of a fun touch. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and then you see him acting in it, and I'm like, oh my so god, bad. it is so funny. They dubbed his voice. Too. <laughs> they dubbed his voice, and he looks straight into the camera so many times and i'm like and <laughs> but he, just subtly enough but yeah, yeah they did it anybody who's in the industry would yeah. be like oh 
Yeah, no. Yeah. Like, it, it's very split secondy. And there was even one part where he did look at the camera and it looks like somebody was telling him, don't look in the camera. Yeah. And, was, <laughs> yeah. and it was just, you could tell what he was doing. And that just shows that great, like, physical acting, uh-huh. like, very, very uh-huh. good physical character acting. So. No, I completely agree. And even at the end, I was wondering if it was an homage, even though it was only a few years later, to E.T. when they bike across the screens yeah. and it's, like, it might... silhouetted. I was like, hmm, is that, like, a little shout out to the extraterrestrial or not also jan hooks that was yeah. such a small but fun role and you, you said so she improvised fun. it she improvised part of it like the beginning part of it i think <laughs> i think when they're outside i think they had to to do um because she said oh he's making adobe <laughs> and it's like you don't i mean you do make well i guess you could make it well but anyways yeah she improvised most of it yeah um, and it was very funny because it was I the part where she's like chewing the gum <laughs> yeah. and then she just takes it out and it, it's just really weird and awkward and that's what that was one thing where I was like oh Napoleon Dynamite that's a very mm-hmm. Napoleon Dynamite oh I can see that yeah. non it doesn't have anything to do with the story it's just a character quirk and that's it you know? yeah and it was well done too it didn't feel like gratuitous because I remember noticing she was chew- I didn't notice when they were in the Alamo but when they were outside I was like Oh, that's so unprofessional. You're not supposed to have gum when you're doing any job that's involving speaking. And then she, literally the second I clocked it, spit it out. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this was for a joke. Got yeah. It, got it. Got it. Got yeah. It. Hi, y'all. <laughs> it's just such a It was just character. such a pitch perfect character because it was almost too much, but not quite. Yeah. It was just perfect. Like the Like, you know that person. You've seen that tour guide. Mm-hmm. It was exaggerated enough to be funny and not like hard to watch but it wasn't out of control yeah either yeah it was pitch like you could yeah it's exactly (laughs) how it usually is and um she's so good may she rest but speaking of may they rest i mean phil hartman he had such a small Um, part in this like mm -hmm. i almost missed him yeah being like one of the was it newscast yeah reporter yeah yeah. (laughs) he's so handsome i never thought he was ugly but like he's always in costumes or playing kind of the wet blanket Mm -hmm. or like stuff that's just harder to like take in who he really was because he was such a like the definition of a character actor and i was like wow that's like a strapping Mm -hmm. 80s tv reporter like that's kind of yeah wow wow he was a handsome guy Yeah. yeah yeah he uh definitely yeah, I always do him from like SNL and stuff, but yeah. uh, and as Captain Carl in well, that's TV's what Playhouse. I wanted to ask yeah. you about. So if this came first and he was one of three writers, what do you know why he didn't have a bigger role in this? Was he on SNL? Uh, maybe th- I don't. Maybe I don't yeah. think I don't think he really even. And people have talked about him even on SNL. He would write stuff for people, and sure. he's like, "Oh, I don't want to. No, this is for you. I don't want to do anything with it." Which but, is a like, great skill to have yeah yeah um but i think he was more at that time he probably saw himself more as a writer Mm. because i don't know if he would have done that many movies at this time you know yeah i I think think he was in christmas vacation nope no nope he wasn't i I can't Mm. remember i can't remember where i first saw him i think i first chronologically saw him maybe maybe i'm not placing him but i know that pretty well yeah, you're no, right he's you, in some he's in something he's in from something. this era but um he's kind of like a eugene levy before eugene levy really right. blew up blew up where like because eugene levy's in vacation 
mm-hmm. and in Father of the Bride. Mm-hmm. Like he's like secretly kind of in everything. Yeah, so. he was in like what was that one with John Candy? Uh, oh, he was in a bunch, I think. Yeah, with, he was. I mean, yeah. he was in Splash. He was in. Uh, yeah, yeah, but Phil mm-hmm. Hartman. Ugh, sad. It I was know, just the so anniversary sad. of the 25th anniversary wow. of his passing, which is crazy. It's horrible. I. I always really liked him Same. and uh, you know, the, the caveman lawyer and um, yeah, he always had so many memorable. I liked it. I liked just him commercials on, on Simpsons. He was so mm-hmm. funny as Troy McClure. Mm-hmm. Uh, RIP really like, and such a talented writer. Yeah, he was, I'm trying to think, I just like had a flash of, I think it was like a 90s movie where he played a dad, but it's not going to come to me. Jingle All the Way. Sorry? Jingle All the Way. He was the dad in that, but I was was just, yeah. Yeah, maybe that, I think I saw that. Um, Either which way, yeah, he was kind of in everything, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, okay, this is going to sound like a diss, but it's a compliment. I actually love that Pee Wee's makeup, because mm-hmm. he's clearly wearing blush yeah. and foundation and a couple other things. It looks like a corpse. Like mm-hmm. it looks like a mortician makeup. And yeah. I'm so curious about like how they decided on his makeup. Like, because I almost wonder if that was actually intentional. I don't know yeah. if that's a tinfoil hat theory, but I'm like, this literally looks like the makeup where people are wearing at a viewing or a like yeah. wake or something. I'm like, that'd be so funny for a character like this to be like, look kind of perfect, but kind of dead. Cause this isn't really a real person sort of yeah. the character. Like an uncanny Valley. Like, yes. Automaton. I mean, he doesn't have any parents seemingly, mm-hmm. even though he seems to be a child and yes, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about that. Um, Yeah. Could be. I mean, yeah. Knowing Tim Burton, exactly, and just the absurdity of like all these people that are involved too. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, how should he look? He should wear makeup, but it should look like he's dead. <laughs> yeah, and I think he always, yeah, pretty much looked like. And that's another thing. Another thing about Pee Wee uh, that I always forget is he was always on MTV. He was mm. all... I remember him being at all of the, like, awards mm. and stuff. He was just always there. He, I think one time he drove up in a little car, <laughs> a very small car, and I was, like, a toy car. And, uh, yeah, he was just kind of always there. Yeah, huh, I wonder about the whole dead yeah because it's just yeah. such an interesting even his outfit is very going you know, mm-hmm. put on your sunday best we're going to sears or going to church or yeah look good in your coffin like it, it, there's a little bit of that <laughs> yeah and even francis is kind of like that too mm-hmm. yeah francis that asshole yeah we were just talking about the whole titanic thing mm, the, the submarine so yeah this kind of the dates. sequel to the titanic right Ugh, I know it's a dark joke, but ugh. but about how like millionaires feel like they could buy anything that they yeah. want, and um, Francis, I was like, oh shit, and he would have been on that submarine. Yeah, he would have been. On, he probably was. Yeah, and uh, you know, rich people thinking that they could just get anything that they want, and he did end up stealing it. And he, I think, he even acknowledged it because even at the end of the movie, he was like, Pee Wee, mm. none of this would have happened mm-hmm. without me, right, Pee Wee? 
Which is and, so narcissistic manipulation. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. Like, I did the thing that's, like, altered everything and caused you mm-hmm. distress, but now you got this reward, so thank me for it. Right. That's a narcissist an logic if I've ever heard it. Yeah. And, um, you know, he paid someone who looked right out of the 50s to yeah. steal it. He looked... I mean, they were just like... I just want somebody from the 50s. Yeah. Get a time machine, get him, bring him back. Uh, so funny. Uh, I re- so we were talking in the preview review. This is very queer coded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of instances, um, especially with like the convict. Yeah, for sure. Um, where they had the disguise and everything and he dressed like a woman and yeah he gave quite the ugly eyes. woman my god yeah <laughs> cute but kind of ugly but yeah. yeah and the cops like i just want to look at your yeah. outfit yeah. cute little outfit see like even that cop mm-hmm. love that cop because it was just so gen like yeah really genuine um but yeah there's a lot of uh interesting things like that um going back to even camp, you know camp is usually pretty queer yeah and um so it was uh yeah it's kind of interesting this being in the 80s and i i feel like a lot of parents if they watched this first they would have been like oh you cannot watch a tv show you know i wonder too though i believe it but i do wonder if some people watched it and it went right over their head too because it's some of it's just subtle enough where they weren't trained to be looking for these things too um i think we talked off pod but my mom clearly did not like this because this was just not her sense of humor Mm -hmm. like that character and the catchphrases and the laugh would have driven her up the wall in the first five minutes so I'm like, yeah, that's why she was like, oh, let's not watch Pee Wee Herman. Because me and my brother impersonating him would have mm-hmm. been like the nightmare. Because, you know, kids are parrots mm-hmm. and they repeat everything. Oh, I used to I used to act like Pee Wee Herman all the time. Oh, my God. My mom would have hated you as a child. <laughs> that was just the shit that drove her up a wall. Mm-hmm. Oh, but going back to the convict, though, I kind of did like the most obvious of like the queer coding was when he kind of did like a double take to peewee herman oh yeah that's what i meant yeah yeah because yeah. it he, was like kind of checking out and then like but then he got creeped out when they were falling and he was cuddled up against him mm-hmm, so i yeah. was like hmm that was very interesting yeah it was yeah there's there's that and obviously you know he's very resistant to date Dottie, even though she is so cute oh mm-hmm. my god uh, she's played by eg daily she was actually a pop star in the 80s as well um she was in a she was in like i think she was in oh god it was either like fast times or or, which i didn't see so maybe it wasn't that one god or she was in one like in an 80s Mm -hmm. movie oh valley girl i think Mm -hmm. it was yeah but um she was a pop star and she's so what'd she sing um songs i can't remember okay yeah um but maybe we'll look up one of her videos and uh and and as a kid, I remember being like, "Oh my god, she's so cute!" And like, why isn't Pee Wee going for her? Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, because he's not into her yeah. for reasons. Yeah, you know, even like with Simone and and even Elvira, uh, mm-hmm. Cassandra Peterson's in it, and she's like, "Let me have him first. 
and and then he does his dance and yeah he becomes friends with everyone and that's what i like about it is i kind of if it is you know well it is queer coded but they show that you know when this person enters people's lives you know if people just see him for the fun person that he is could get along yeah. and stuff if 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 you kind of get past these a uh, few things or whatever i think there was a few things like that too just about like not judging a book by its cover because even the convict he looks scary he looks burly he broke apart his handcuffs to get away then what's his crime he took off the tag of the mattress <laughs> i think he was lying about that you know what in uh, my sure. head, I do not care either way because I think mm-hmm. it's such a funny joke. No, it is either a funny which joke. way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I used to say that all the time. Mm-hmm. I used to say, "Oh yeah, I cut off the." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really funny because it is like a dumb thing. But it's funny because he did give Pee Wee the same exact line Pee Wee gave Dottie. So maybe that's yes. just code for "I don't swing your way." Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a loner. I'm a rebel. Deja vu. <laughs> that was good. That was a good call out. Yeah. yeah. And then also Large Marge, that legitimately scared me. Sure. So bad when I was a kid. And I still watched it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm attracted to things I'm afraid of mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And that was so funny. And uh, one of her friends, Jen Curcio, she dressed up like uh, um, Large Marge for Halloween one year. And it was really funny. That's on brand. Yeah. Yeah. It had like big. She had like big bug eyes. It was hilarious, but deep cut. I don't know. Yeah. How is she in any of the other um, movies or television I shows? I don't think so. No, none of these people come into mm. any of the shows. I love a deep cut Halloween costume, though. That's even more impressive. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one because people are like people who do get it. It's like oh, yep. I've had a couple costumes where people are like, what are you? And then I explain it and they're like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Vicky, the robot child from Small Wonder is my yeah. deepest cut that I've done. Yeah, that one's a fun one. Janice. Yep, I was Janice too, which people weirdly didn't get, which kind of surprised me because she's a Muppet, but I guess yeah. she's a secondary Muppet compared to like the main cast. Right. And she's also not from like, like Miss Piggy. It's like, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, now there's the whole Electric Mayhem show, mm-hmm. but this was like 10 years ago. I was yeah. Janice, so. Which Cheech and Chong are going to be on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and you know what? That bar scene actually really reminded me of uh, Cheech and Chong when they're in the bar. Yeah. Also, Paul Rubens is in Cheech and Chong. Oh, no way. Not the one that we saw, but I think he's in next movie. He, he re- reoccurs in the Cheech and Chong that's verse. cool that's a cool marriage to me mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah because I think they're all like at that time I think they're all like they're all probably running around LA being silly gooses yeah. working on their comedy like yeah just like how people you know eventually when if they become famous or whatever you're like oh that person knows that person and it might seem random but it's not because they mm-hmm. came up groundlings or upright citizens brigade second city or whatever so, together yeah Mm-hmm. and it's uh and especially you know like we were talking about la was like such an epicenter mm-hmm. sunset strip and stuff everybody was probably hanging out doing yeah. coke together and you know the 80s mm-hmm. the 80s 
And um, it, even Twisted Sister was in it. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I was like, is that Twisted Sister? Yeah, D. Schneider. I couldn't tell if it was like a parody of Twisted Sister because he had a little, D. Snyder had a little less makeup on. Yeah. You yeah. know, so I was like, mm, no, nope, that's him. That's him. And I just love that whole ride through the, the, the lot. Yeah, it was and pretty I, entertaining. We didn't even talk about the kid actor. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was so funny. Played by the person who played Wayne, Wayne Harvey, Arnold. Harvey. Harvey yeah. something. Yeah. Um, or something was, Harvey. Jason Harvey? Yeah. Jason yeah. Harvey. I'm he was sure. so good. So funny as that. He was the greatest prick child actor. Like, that was so... <laughs> believable <laughs> like just like yeah, accusing right. the nun actress of not hitting her marks on, t- on time and just like being passive aggressive like i'm like what impersonation of a actor he worked with was he doing because yes. there's no way he understood the nuance of that without going through it yeah there's no way it was so pitch perfect he was really encapsulated that yeah the mm-hmm. kid especially a kid actor and with nuns weird. in the background too yes. just there was like baked in humor yeah visually yeah and especially when they're showing it being gifted to him mm-hmm. it was you see him and it's like oh what a sweet kid and stuff mm-hmm. okay this this will be fine and it's like oh no he's an asshole like this little kid's an asshole which is most actors i mean not literally most but i guess like it's so funny to me when the public's like this person seems like such a nice person i'm like they've Mm -hmm. had media training yeah you don't know anything about them like yeah no 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 no. there's a reason why like julia roberts seems great in interviews but notoriously one of the worst people to be waited on like you know what i mean it's just kind of like and there's another one kind of of a similar like uh caliber that i'm not thinking of offhand but i in my brain i I, my brain is nope there's someone that's kind of like julia roberts where it's the same thing but um like in multiple accounts not just an angry person on reddit but like Mm. yeah yeah just uh, repeat there's patterns right you know So I love that, too. There's a lot of showbiz jokes, I think, in this. For yes. sure. For sure. Also, Milton Berle, um, he gets into Milton Berle's uh, uh, entourage to get into the lot. Oh, that's right. To get into the lot. And, yeah, they. I feel like they really just had a lot of fun. And I think uh, I was reading that part of... they were gonna, This was going to be a completely different movie. Oh, really? It was supposed to be something completely different. But... I think what happened is Paul Rubens was just hanging out in the back lots and this kind of just came up like he was just loved the back lots so much. So you kind of see the like appreciation that he does have for that world. And um, and obviously like Tim Burton, he was very new, you know, to filmmaking. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I think this was his first live action because he had done Frankenweenie before this or Vincent. Yeah, one of those two. And uh, he did that with Disney because mm. he went to CalArts, uh, which is like a Disney uh, pipeline. Yes. And um, he was, uh, and I think I think for him, he was very like into obviously filmmaking, especially like older films and stuff. So I think this uh, was like a, pretty good match for him yeah it was a good marriage yeah especially for his first one and um only a few years later he's doing like batman and stuff which is yeah you know yeah pretty cool i'm excited about beetlejuice 2 
It's coming out soon. We haven't seen Peel Juice. For yeah, we got to watch it. Wow. It's on our list. Wild. That's so crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah, it was, it was fun for me to watch again. But I do understand, like, I think maybe this is one of those movies where you did have to grow up with it a little bit. Because um, I do get it. Like, I was, I was more like anticipate. I wasn't annoyed, but I was like anticipating. I'm like, oh, this is probably annoying to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, the more we're talking about it, obviously, like we're I'm kind of raving about what I find funny. I'm not like having bones to pick, but yeah, I think precocious adults drive me crazy. So I think that's just the that's my main complaint. It was just mm-hmm. you know I don't dislike the character, but the character isn't my cup of tea too. I can appreciate it without loving it, if that makes sense. But I feel like if I was more inundated in this world, I would probably get more into it too. Because I do think it's pretty brilliant writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do like it. I don't know if I'd be like, oh my God, everyone has to watch it. But Right. Yeah. But I would like more movies like this. Like the whole like, could it be done now conversation? I think it could. But at the same token, like the the industry in general is just kind of on fire right now. And they're not taking risks. This is mm-hmm. a risky movie. Yeah. Because it's so out of the box and stuff. So it kind of makes me sad that... I think I think we're starting to swoop back around to like more interesting cinematic choices and whatever genre, but I think it influenced TV more. Probably, I, and I'll be honest. I'll I think I see a lot of connective tissue with this and um, Tim and Eric. I don't know if you did you ever mm-hmm. watch Tim and Eric or anything. Like a lot of the absurdist, more like internet culture. I feel like this. Yeah, I feel like this has more absurd Dadaist like connection to like absurd humor now. Yeah. And there are young people who really do like whenever I used to go to Senespia mm-hmm. to watch this kids just yeah. like flipping out about it and I was like, "Oh my god." It feels like, timeless in a yeah. weird way even though it's kind of an 80s time mm-hmm. capsule to an extent it's kind of not too just with its theming and but like we you, said at the yeah. top of this there's nothing weird that's aged about it mm-hmm. and the thing is is you yeah you're exactly right because i think if you show this to a kid a kid i think when i was a kid i was just like oh i get what's going because i i feel like now that i've been watching more movies like we've Mm -hmm. been watching or like analyzing right right uh coming from a uh i'm i think i might be more of a visual person Mm -hmm. like i love just seeing things more than i like anything else in it sure I think especially watching this as a kid, just like bright colors and... I was going to bring that up. It's a lot of bright colors, which kids... Yeah. Yeah, developmentally kind of need to be stimulated. And it's like, you know, the the whole pet being on fire. I remember being like, whoa, all the like nightmare sequences and stuff. Like it's... Uh, yeah. It, it, it has enough for kids to latch on to. Plus it's about a stolen bike yeah what's more yeah yeah stolen bike or stolen dog i think those are the two universal plot points for children's movies so yeah yeah that checks out even adult movies too yeah i mean not adult well movies for adults uh <laughs> not erotic adult movies because erotic adult <laughs> movie. like that's what john wick's about oh uh, 
funny. Yeah. But yeah. It was fun. It was fun to watch. And I think it's a very like, like I said, yeah, Burbank. It, it just screams Burbank to me for some reason. I oh, think I thought cool. half of it. I mean, I knew a lot of it yeah. wasn't in Burbank, but like half of it. Mm-hmm. My first impression was like Burbank. That's in Burbank. That's like where the gap is. Nope, nope, nope. That's not where the, that's not where mm-hmm. that is. And yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just really fun. SoCal kitsch. Mm-hmm. No, I'm glad I go. I'm glad I've seen it because it's a big cultural reference that was definitely. I don't know if people looked at me the same way when I said I didn't see E.T. or Wizard of Oz or Star Wars. I don't think it was like people like what, but I think it is like an iconic character mm-hmm. that people know. Yeah. So people are like, "What do you mean you haven't seen any of it?" So. Yeah. And I was at the age where I should have grown up a little bit more with it than I did. So. Um, right but so yeah. yeah i'm glad i saw it if nothing yeah. else so yeah me too i'm glad i saw it yeah. yeah we finally i finally watched it and next week we're both going to finally be watching my cousin Vinny, mm-hmm. which for some reason i thought you had seen um i don't know why i didn't see it i like ralph macchio i like joe pesci a lot marissa tomei it's a pretty banger of a cast like what the hell yeah, yeah. i don't know, I don't know I how i missed it. it either honestly so mm-hmm. That's what we're going to be watching. And also we have an Instagram now at let's finally watch it with underscores between the words. Mm-hmm. If you want to follow us there, same with the uh, TikTok and YouTube. And I'm Lauren Blair Donovan at Blairosaurus Rex on basically all social media. If you want to politely stalk me, please. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm other Clarksy on the internet. That's me. Mr. Clark Inez. All right. Well, we will catch you next week with my cousin Vinny. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye.